Warning, we're going to be discussing events for currently running weekly anime. If you want to avoid spoilers for certain shows, there are timestamps in the description. Hey, do you know what time it is? Uh, no, what time is it, Rex? It's the time... It's time... It's time sync. It's time. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a better joke. I had it, like, in my head. I was like, alright, we're gonna... We're gonna, we're gonna start off, and we're gonna start off strong. I'm gonna have a really clever joke. Everyone's gonna think I'm funny. Uh, well, here's here's what I have to say to that. <laughs> Thank you. Bravo, Thank bravo, you bravo. Welcome <laughs> back to the Times Seek Anime Podcast. <laughs> I am the always hilarious Rex. Yes, and I'm the always disdainful JT. <laughs> How's it uh, going, everybody? We're, we're talking about uh, week six of summer 2019. Um... And there's been some, uh, I feel like there's been some work we've had to do, mm-hmm. like, uh, at least personally, because cause we're, we're moving soon yeah. to, uh, uh, undisclosed bunker underground. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and our submarine beneath, yeah. uh, 2000 leagues beneath the sea. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we're moving soon. So there's like a bunch of shit we've been having to take care of in the background, like, uh, yeah. getting, get figuring out what stuff I want to keep. Because yeah. I, I feel like I have too many things. Yeah. And not enough space for, like... I, I want, like, a bookshelf just fucking stacked with, like, manga and anime. Like, that's that, that's one of my goals I have when I get to the next, uh, the next place I move into. And I also want one of those, uh... Those, like, figurine... Yeah, the, the clear ones towers. you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where they have, like, shells and you just put little fucking big titty anime girls in there. <laughs> I and mean, that's what I'm going to be doing. Or small titty anime girls. I don't discriminate. Or nendroids. Yeah, or nendroids. Just nendroids. Yes, nendroids let's go with nendroids. Oh, my God. If you were... You have a nendroid, right? I have one nendroid. Yeah, Which I, is not enough nendroids. Yeah, I don't have a single nendroid yet, so uh, I need to get to work on that. I, I only have a uh, singular nendroid of my waifu, because that was a necessity. Yeah, um... I need. I think my first Nendroid is actually going to be of my waifu as well. Hey, you know, if you want to see our waifus, you can go on to our Kitsu account <laughs> in the description below. And it's listed there. Yay! Awkward chilling. Go! Yeah. Uh, didn't you say you wanted to get, like, a, a Shinobu one, but they're stupid expensive? Oh, God. Um, yeah, one of my favorite characters in anything ever is uh, Shinobu Oshino from... Uh, the Monogatari series, and yeah, some of hers are like upwards of a hundred dollars or more. Yeah, she's an incredibly popular character. I think she's one of like the, one of the most expensive ones. Yeah, she's a incredibly popular character, and also just a really I don't know how exactly to say it. She's my personal favorite, and yeah. but also I don't know if they're like hers are still being made, considering Monogatari is pretty much yeah, over. I think they have limited runs. For Nendroids. Yeah, I, I don't know how the um, uh, how the Nendroid market works. I really don't. I don't mm-hmm. pay attention to that stuff. I'm not, like, on the internet going, Oh, God, yes, I need to see the newest Nendroid market. So, uh, how about uh, I, I tell you some news? Um, is it good news or bad news? It's very good news. Okay, let's hear I mean, it. Well, <laughs> so, so, first of all... Uh, we got an uh, announcement for Agretzko season three. That was Netflix. fast. Yeah, like uh, apparently I I haven't seen uh, season two yet. I still plan to binge it. it. I don't. I think it'll take me like an hour or like two uh, hours, two or three hours. Yeah, it's like they're like fifteen minute episodes. And how many are there? Twelve? Like ten, I think. 10? Okay, so, so yeah, yeah, it won't take you long. <laughs> it'll be really easy to watch. But apparently, it's uh, it's done incredibly well. Uh, well enough to like it, barely any time after the season came out. Uh, 
like a few months. They're mm-hmm. just like, hey, season three. Yeah. Surprise. I, I guess that it isn't really surprising. I mean, Gretzko is an incredibly popular yeah. show and an incredibly relatable show. And the second season, as someone who has watched it, no spoilers, um, it, it continues on that track of just being an incredibly relatable, sometimes disappointing, sometimes disappointing show. Just like real life, it's mm. full yeah. of disappointment. Yeah. It's um, it, it's a really interesting analogy that, or not analogy, uh, just a, a point that that show uses uh bojack horseman also does it Mm. where they use characters that are like obviously cartoony animals yeah um but they put them in such relatable uh situations where it doesn't like these these characters could easily have been human Mm -hmm. and still have been an entertaining show but by making them like uh cartoony you can give them more vibrant like expressions uh yeah anthropomorphic animals uh yeah that's that's a good way of putting it and also just like considering sanrio is the one behind it oh yeah like that kind of uh they're no stranger when it comes to cutesy ass mascots and it's kind of that's been primarily aimed towards children there's a uh there's a really good video for a mother's basement actually that talks about why Agretzko is such a relatable show because it is like they take those kind of cutesy adorable sort of like kiddish designs and put them in some really adult situations like as far as like relatable but yeah. but still keeps them like somewhat grounded in that sort of easily digestible way so kind of like how you would approach like a children's show really but uh, uh i mean agretzo is cool and all mm-hmm. but um more importantly you know what else is getting uh, a second season it's going to be on country roll uh what uh take a guess uh isekai quartet no i mean although that has been confirmed for a second two, two season. more guesses Two more guesses. You're not going to get it. No, I'm probably not. Go um, ahead. Just go ahead. Go for it. Um, shoot. What's a really popular show out right now? Just, uh, just throw something out. Um, use, your, use your good instinct. <laughs> um, Don Machi. Uh, that's already got a second. Oh, yeah. yeah that already does have a second season. Yeah. It's currently dummy, running. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Not Hiroaka. I, I don't know. What is, is it? Is it fucking Banania? Oh! Obviously. <laughs> Banania. Yeah, the hit show Banania that I saw an episode of. I, One time. I I saw an episode of that too, <laughs> just kind of because I was bored. I think we were watching it at the same time, and it was cute. Yeah, it's just a little three. I think it's like three minute show or, or yeah. something like that. Uh, it's a cat that's also a banana, and I don't know a lot about it, but I saw I, it. Um, I saw it on the anime news. Hmm. I was just like, oh, we have to talk about banana. We have to bring <laughs> banana to the public. Yes, banana. Never forget. I just banana. love the name. <laughs> it, it, it is. It's it's a little charming. But uh, uh, serious. Uh, on a more serious note, um, Weathering with You was released uh, approximately 17 days ago in Japan, mm-hmm. and it, it it has already earned uh five billion nine hundred eight million four hundred sixty six thousand six hundred yen, uh, which for us burger masters uh, <laughs> is 55.7 million dollars in the first seven days wow that's pretty good for yeah an for, for an anime movie for sure yeah um it is the it currently is the 35th highest grossing anime film of all time ah i see so it's yeah. got a ways to go yet do you think it'll reach past your name uh ooh. i don't know I don't know. Like, I don't know either, because your name had such, like, a mass appeal that it's very difficult to say, like, whether or not this... uh, I mean, Makoto Shinkai is Makoto Shinkai. He's kind of a household name at this point. 
Especially with your name being as big as it was. Like, um, I've watched a few of Makoto Shinkai's films. I think that Your Name was a great movie. It's not my personal favorite mm-hmm. anime movie of all time, and I don't think it deserves to be rated perfect tens myself, but it was an enjoyable flick. And I like Makoto Shinkai's work. He does a really good job of making things look photorealistic. It's, and I hope that uh, Weathering With You continues to do a, well, a good job. I, I really like his themes of, like, family stuff. Um, super touching. Are you sure that, wait... I thought you said that was Mamoru Hosoda. Who oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Makoto Sorry. Shinkai did uh, Your Name, uh, five centimeters a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, stuff like that. His are more about, like, forlorn loves and stuff like that, typically speaking. Um, and yeah. Uh, so, so we're going to be getting this movie next year at some point. At some point. Yeah. And, and the, the figures I brought up about it being 35th uh, highest grossing anime film of all time, that's... In the first 17 days. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you said first week. So 17 days, that's a little over Did two. Did I say week? Yeah. Wow. This is not my day today. So, no, it's clearly not. <laughs> like earlier, we were walking out of um, uh, 7-Eleven. Oh, God. And I was... I was, uh, I was like, I forgot my, my bag of stuff. Yeah, so, so I was holding uh, uh, some food in one hand and then also my bag of food in, in the same hand. And I yeah. walked out, and I and I walked back in. And I was like, "Oh crap! I forgot my bag of food." And I looked down, and I'm holding my bag of food, and I just I'm and I'm sleeve. looking at you, just like, "Wait, that, <laughs> you mean the one that you've got in your hand?" And then, yeah. like, all of a sudden, it's like all the eyes like just kind of turn towards you. Yeah, I'm not tired or anything. I just <laughs> dumb. I'm just dumb. Yes, I know. I live with you. You are very dumb. I'm glad you have my back. You were supposed. That's the point where you're supposed to say no. You're you're great. You know. But hey, 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 hey. Now a good friend, a good friend will tell you. Will just bullshit you and hold your hand. A really good friend <laughs> will just will kick you while you're down true, and laugh. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. uh. That's, that's that's all the announcements I got to talk about. Yeah. You got you got anything else to bring up? Um. No, not particularly. Just uh. Looking forward to uh, weathering with you coming out eventually. Really looking forward to Bananya. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get into the shows that we're talking about this week. Starting off with uh, Demon Slayer. And uh, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say it is the highlight of the week. Uh, yeah. Like, there, like, like was... no contest. Holy fucking shit. Um, th- there were... Okay, first I want to get off uh, bad stuff out of the way before I start gushing. Cause, okay, because Let, I, I, I want to be fair and partial uh, as much as I can. I, I think that Nezuko was. Like, I don't like how they keep Nezuko in the box and they just whip her out for really dramatic situations. Mm. Uh, it it feels scripted. Yeah, like, it's like it, oh, it I wonder when Nezuko is gonna pop out of exactly. the box. It's right. like you see somebody like off screen just going, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-da-da-dum, da-dum, yeah. da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. <laughs> and, and it's like bang, she pop out. goes the yeah. Nezuko. Um, uh, let's see what else. you got. Any complaints? Um, that is probably the big one, but at the same time, I think that's hand- that was handled a little bit better here because the payoff was certainly worth it. So, uh. Not really. It seems like they kind of, this episode for a while, just kind of jumped back and forth between a few different perspectives, like, way too quickly. Like, first mm-hmm. with Inosuke, and then with uh, Zenitsu, and then finally with Tanjiro. It just felt like the other two would just kind of, I guess you could say it was a little jarring going from those perspectives. Okay. Yeah. Like, but, I, 
I don't have much to complain about, but, no. it's, but it's like, it was so good. Those, those are minor nitpicks. Yeah, no, like, like when something's so good and I am like fan, like gasming all over it, I'm like, okay, you're a critic kind of, yeah, not a professional critic, but like take you, a step back <laughs> and try and find at least and, a couple uh, things. And, and now that I said that, I uh, got that out of the way. Ah, it was so good. <laughs> it was. It was so good. I mean, Jesus Christ. The uh, I it, I can say this pretty much ad nauseum at this point. Um, Uf- UFO table makes everything they touch yeah. freaking gorgeous, and this is clearly a labor of love. Like because they're just the amount of like detail that they put into the uh, into the Kagura dance, the Hinokami Kagura dance, I think is what they call yeah. it. Yeah, just, just as soon as he uh, was charging forward and he, and, and he started that dance. Yeah, uh, that was. Um, God, I don't, I don't know. I have no words to describe just, how it blew me away. It just like, oh, yeah, like uh, I, I will say, I was leaning forward. Yeah, uh, kind of just chilling out, and then that started, and then I just kind of like sat up straight. Just, it's like, okay, now I have to pay attention to this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm obligated to, like, open um, your eyes super wide just so you can get every yeah. pixel. <laughs> the the UFO table, um, like, sweeping camera here was gorgeous. The choreography oh, yeah. uh, of every jump. Because uh, Spider-Boy, yeah. he, when he, uh, once he realized that Tanjiro... Could slice through yeah. his uh, his full-strength threads. Yeah. Uh, he, he started backing up. And then the, the chase scene of him like jumping away and Tanjiro just jumping back and forth, keeping up with him, cutting off all of his threads, it, uh, leading up to that culminating moment of they're like, okay, I'm going to take him out, even if it means getting cut to ribbons in, uh, in the process. And then, and then Nezuko. Yeah. Like... like We'd complained a little bit about this. Like, Nezuko kind of feels like a, she's basically a jack-in-the-box that occasionally they just kind of forget about. It's like, oh, wait, she's, she exists. Let's pop her out mm-hmm. now. Uh, this was definitely worth it because, like, she actually... It's interesting thinking that she actually has a will of her own at this point. Like, she isn't just kind of like a mindless little doll or puppy dog that's just kind of following around at I mean, this she point. never really has been i mean no it's just it, it's just the the only thing close to that is the the suggestion yeah that urokodaki surprise i remember that name yeah urokodaki uh, gave her well, of just like uh, humans are friends yeah exactly not food <laughs> <laughs> nice finding nemo reference anyway the uh but the exploding blood uh, yeah, demon art. It was art. so cool seeing her use a demon art. Like, I wasn't expecting that. But then when she said that, blood demon art, exploding blood, and then just the way that uh, Tanjiro's fire and then her fire from the exploding blood just kind of meshed together mm-hmm. and burned away the threads. It was so perfect. And then on top of that, Yuki Kajura doing as Yuki Kajura do with the music. The music in that oh, sequence. Yeah, the, the, the way it flared up as soon as he, like, um said... Uh, Hinokami Kagura dance breathing and like the music just swelled up right then and there. It was so make it good. made it feel so. Uh, I hesitate to, to use this word because it's so overused, overused and and everyone kind of just throws it out all the time. Uh, epic. This no, it truly was epic. Let's yeah. let's not mince words here. It was epic. It it was truly a fantastic spectacle here. Mm-hmm. Just every like just every ounce of energy you could just feel in that in these uh like three minutes of it like three minutes of animation i i i think it would have been uh, the only way i can think of improving it would have been to 
have Tanjiro and Nezuko experiencing the back uh, the flashbacks at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, maybe from different perspectives, yeah. and then they both like snap into action at the same time, maybe in, like like a cross frame thing. Yeah, where Nezuko opens her eyes and Tanjiro starts doing the dance. Yeah, that would that could have been pretty cool. But but I, I it was I think they still did it really well too because. At the point where Tanjiro was trying to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. then Nezuko woke up. Yeah, basically it was uh, Nezuko's mother trying to say, wake up, or else Tanjiro's mm-hmm. gonna die too. Just, yeah, that was... I personally didn't have a problem with that. I no, I didn't was, at all, either, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like that they're continuing uh, to make Tanjiro and Nezuko partners. Yeah. And not just... Because, like, in this episode, I was getting a little annoyed uh, at, whenever, like, Tanjiro said, like, I have to rescue Nezuko, I have mm-hmm. to save her, I have to save her. It's like... All right, I like I, I really like Nezuko's character, and it's really cool when she fights. It it, it would have been a little obnoxious if she were to just have sat there and yeah, just you know played dead the whole time. Yeah, like it seems like yeah, she had just kind of passed out or had kind of gone into a trance I, I, or something. Yeah, I think she went to sleep on, uh, I guess reflexively mm-hmm. because we, we know before that her demon power is kind of just like uh, periodically jumping up yeah like the fight with the the kickball oh yeah the, where, uh, the tamari she, demon yeah where it like blew her leg off first mm-hmm. but uh when she started actually like uh she woke back up later on so it's like every time she sleeps i think she gets a little stronger i think so because that's actually a good way of putting it because i didn't even register that because yeah now she when she kind of snapped awake she um uh, all of a sudden has the ability to use a demon blood art which I hope they I hope they contribute more of that, and I wonder I wonder if it'll ever be possible because this was one of the twelve Kizuki, by the way. Yeah, you I you called it. called it like three weeks ago. I yeah, think. yeah, I think. Uh, I remember you're, you're saying like, ah, oh, no, the dad's just a pawn. The kids, the the, the little uh, brother is is the mastermind. And I'm like, nah, you're stupid. <laughs> I fucking but, yeah, called it. You were you were definitely right. <laughs> I love being right about stuff like this. Uh, okay. You're awarded uh, X amount of internet points. Don't spend them all in one place. Like, where would I spend them? I don't know. You're an asshole. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Clever. What is this, a freaking middle school playground? Anywho, the uh, that entire sequence was was really great i it was painful in some places though to see like nezuko like all strung up in oh trees, yeah Skin and then tire, like the threads wires cutting. cutting through her skin Ugh. and then tanji was just getting and his t- ass kicked and then ton yeah like there was just something so like visceral with how like effortless i guess the uh rui i believe his name was was just like backhanding him and swatting him and kicking him and there was like no effort or energy put into it it was like he was basically doing the bare minimum movements possible in order to just kick him halfway across the woods. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I really liked his character. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's had the most interesting uh, death scene, mm-hmm. I think, of any uh, demon so far. Because they, I really hope they don't do this next episode, uh, but they didn't like flashback or anything. They just showed throughout the fight his obsession with having an actual bond with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's enough, like giving us enough context clues throughout the fight, uh, making him like just, uh, go pretty much to like exa- an opposite of Tanjiro. Uh, his, Tanjiro's idea is just, you know, you have to be family. You should love each other cause you're family. And he's, and, uh, the, the spider guy is saying, well, no, I'll just make people love me. Yeah. It kind of, it's, it is an interesting parallel and opposite. And 
it's I think it's super fitting that he was uh, that Tondra was able to kill this guy finally. Like after seeing his sword get snapped of all things, mm-hmm. I uh, I was like once again. Are they going to address that? Like, are they going to end up fixing his sword? Is his sword going to change color from this point forward, maybe? because I, I feel like he's going to get an upgrade sword. Because it's a shonen series. Yeah. And, and that, that that's exactly what this episode was, at its base roots, was the the power upgrade episode. Like, this is where he gets this new special move. Yeah, this was, uh, that was like the, and that was one of the lower five of the 12 Kizuki. So maybe he'll get a blood sample off of him. And then, oh, I'm sure he will. And then that, that's part of the the whole thing yeah and i wonder if nezuko is going to be able to like start being able to like walk in the daylight if she gets enough Mm. blood or something well nezuko uh becoming human again actually brings up an interesting thing because i can't imagine if nezuko's human tanjiro is just going to stop being a demon slayer Mm -hmm. he's going to want to go around and help people still his family's dead so he doesn't have anyone to go back to uh like there's going to be a point where Tanjiro is still in danger and Nezuko has the option of becoming human again. Hmm. I think it's... My assumption is that there's going to be a point where Nezuko decides that she's going to stay a demon specifically that's so that she can save Tanjiro's life. That would make sense. Like, I, would, I wouldn't be against that idea either. Like, uh, it's interesting find, like actually hearing Nezuko speak every once in a mm-hmm. while, even if she didn't say anything out loud. Like, actually hearing the voice actor you know, voice act. Like, <laughs> Hilarious. So she's up on the spider webs and she wakes up. And she's just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, amazing. Fantastic. Gorgeous episode. Yeah. Loved it. Highlight of the week. So next up on our list, Dr. Stone, Dr. Name drop. Yeah. Dr. Name. They, they did the thing. <laughs> so this was honestly one of the, uh, most, heartfelt episodes i personally think that like oh this first half of it anyway i think was one of the more heartfelt entries in this series because just that entire sequence of like uh senku finding a uh, taiju in the ground like that moment when he sees him for the first time and he's like trying not to cry you mm-hmm. can tell that he's really trying not to he's just trying to be stoic and then like the uh and we were worried that they were just going to cut back to, oh, by the way, Senku's awake. But no, the way they integrated this was really well handled, I personally think. When it, yeah. showed, like, the, it showed like the flashback of Senku working and basically saying to Taiju, I want you to wake up. I'm, I am absolutely helpless without you. But then it all, and there was a thunderstorm, but then it cuts back to the present and there's the same kind of event going on. And Taiju is saying the exact same thing. Yeah, the, the way they crossed from the flashback back into reality was directed so well yeah it it was so good and i just it was probably one of my personal favorite parts of this episode just that whole sequence yeah yeah because i expected it just yeah to be the beginning of the episode he wakes up uh but this gave it so much more like emotional like uh, payoff weight weight to it exactly uh because i I kind of expected taiju senku Senku, yeah yeah okay Uh, i expected senku just to wake up and to be like kind of a funny thing yeah Uh, which they which they played it off as a joke at first but but to me like i definitely felt their Mm -hmm. joy a lot more because exactly and i think this was a really good time to tell that story Mm -hmm. uh the end of last episode and beginning of this episode of uh of senku's arrival because it would not have made a very good first episode no it wouldn't Uh, have because that's like i don't care about him at all i don't i don't care about him going through all these things now that I, like I got, we got to know Senku a little bit more. That this whole like flashback kind of made it more sense. Made a bit more sense to be put where it where it is. Yeah, 
And this show continues to have some of the freaking most hilarious reaction shots ever. <laughs> like, 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 uh, like Taiju yeah. fucking yeah. shaking. Yeah, um, or or just Senku's like random faces and how they just like twist up and stuff and how exaggerated they are. Some of them are like, these are like almost on point with a lot of comedy series that you'd see with just like how exaggerated and hilarious some of these expressions are. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the show for that. Um... And then we're finally getting more into the, the it's weird to say socio-political stuff in terms of a shonen series. Because at its core, that's what this is. Yeah. It's a shonen series. It's about as shonen as you can get, except more of it's a battle of wills as opposed to a... It's like a science shonen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and just like uh, him figuring out, like basically saying, okay, what I need you to do is I need you to, to go spy on Tsukasa's on Tsukasa's kingdom, because I have a feeling I know what he's planning on doing. I'm going to, meanwhile, pretend to still be dead, and I'm going to basically make my own kingdom of science. Yeah, I'm wondering... So what I've heard from the manga is how they, like, you know, originally Taiji was supposed to be the main character, and they yeah. switched it over to Senku. Uh, I, I don't know how long they're actually going to send, like, Taiju and... Yuzuriha? Uh, uh, Yuzuriha off like it, i'm assuming it's going to be like a back and forth sometimes probably yeah uh, probably with most of the focus on senku's group mm-hmm. uh yeah that whole flag raising scene was was really yeah. emotional too yeah it was, it was really really happy <laughs> it was it was like a it was a triumphant little thing and then uh once again we get to figure out one how freaking overpowered sukasa is as a human being like how is it how is a middle schooler capable of half the shit he's pulling off? Like, it just doesn't make any well, sense. Well, it's like you said, it's a shonen series. Yeah, it is. I mean, and... It, there's so many, like, school battle shows where people are fucking overpowered and yeah. can kick down trees. Okay, fine. Like, it's <laughs> just, it's still just kind of... I know. I, I agree. I agree. It's just like, okay, I'm going to mm. cut down this tree with a stone spear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... You know the tree fell down and landed on her? Yeah. There was like an indent in the ground and she was on rock. Yeah. Did she just, is her body stronger than the rock? I, I don't know. <laughs> or did she just happen to get lucky and fall in a crack or Sukasa planned it or something? I, I don't know. I, needless to say, I love the character design for this girl, this new girl, mm. by the way. She's I, very like uh, pixie-like. The eyes on the girls by this uh, art director, it, they're really big like female faces in general yeah it's like it's kind of weird to me like it's not bad but uh it's gonna take some getting used to for sure like i i was mainly talking more about her outfit like the way that she walked stuff like it it reminded me kind of like a forest pixie or a nymph Mm -hmm. or something like that just and then but but when's the last time you saw a forest pixie or nymph uh, pull out uh, two stone daggers and try to kill somebody i actually think she looks she's looked like a ninja like kind of like a ninja stereotypical ninja outfit uh, really quick, I want to talk about the another interesting uh, story point that was brought in in this episode. The fact that there are children of uh, people that broke out of the stone already in this world. Yeah. Teenage children. So this this happened like... So, so if they gave birth to the child, like let's say, assuming 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to assume she's 16. Because it's easier to avoid legal issues that way. Yeah. Uh... That would mean that the parents would have had to get together, made babies, which probably would have taken a little bit, a little while, like one to two years, I assume. So, so they, uh, people have been, you know, 
wandering around in this area for I'm assuming around like 15 to 20 years. I already I, I think even longer than that because if like because if they lived in a like the way that Sukasa described it, they seem like a very primitive people that don't have like any like knowledge of what science is, and even the girl referred to him as the sorcerer man. Mm-hmm. Uh like so it just seems like even longer time has passed ever since people first woke up. Like it seems like the ideas of science and stuff just sort of faded into obscurity almost. So now it does seem kind of like magic. Yeah. Kind of like religious mysticism. Yeah, exactly. So it just makes me wonder like how much time has really passed for some of these people? Like I imagine like we, we know that the, that it's been about 3,700 years roughly, but it makes me wonder when did the first people break out and like, what was the impetus for that? And Senku discovered it was because he was thinking on something. Um, combine the re- magical revival fluid with enough uh, with enough energy, like because of uh, because of how much energy the brain actually burns and it creates electricity. Woo, and eventually causes enough of a surge to make the stone break. It's it's very convoluted stuff. I mean, it's fascinating, but still convoluted. Yeah, it's it's fantasy. It's, yes sci-fi kind yeah, of it's or not sci-fi it's like science fantasy yeah exactly which you could say is a low science fantasy or because uh low science fantasy and high or low science fiction and high science fiction like mm. uh i don't remember i could be getting the terms wrong but basically one of them is more akin to fantasy yeah like uh, star wars is more akin to like uh fantasy yeah yeah uh, i really liked the, the the climax in this episode was the like the the pulley moment yeah where he saved the girl from the from from the tree it was really cool uh i I like senku's moments of like scientific triumph Mm -hmm. where he's going through the process of building something and explaining it and then there's kind of like a i fucking did it moment yeah really cool and even the way the girl described it the what she likes so much about him is just how he diligently goes through each step because Mm -hmm. it is a process very much so it's a process and you have to do everything in that process if you neglect a step something very wrong could happen yeah props to the art director or just the director in general like putting in all the steps he did mm-hmm. yeah to actually show him making that uh pulley system and you even sort of like is he making a pulley yeah. and then it's like yep it's a pulley <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool pretty, yeah. uh, pretty good episode absolutely so next up is fire force so the eighth division is basically the military police is what it seems like am i the only one who got that impression uh the eighth is the eighth is what uh captain obi and shinra and like basically the main division the one we're following they're more akin to the military police is what it seems like what do you mean by that well because the lieutenant which we'll get to him later because I think he cemented himself as my favorite character. <laughs> the lieutenant basically pointed out that the Eighth has a secondary secret objective of basically keeping an eye on the other divisions and keep and going after them if they do something wrong. Like the Fifth Division with its shady science experiments and stuff like that. So it seems like they are kind of like the military police. Yeah, but it's not their duty Yeah, per se. It's just um, the captain's ideals. I don't think they're being told to do this specifically. I think they they every uh, every group is told that their job is to you know put infernals to rest and try to figure out the mystery. So that's like okay, here is your mission. Do that thing, and then I think everyone else kind of uh, 
they each individually come up with their own goals and ideals. And as they established before, depending on who's the major people funding the, uh, each division is basically the one, like, basically calling the charge or calling the shots a little bit more, like, uh... Well, they're all being funded by the same group. Uh, no, they're being funded by three different groups, and they're being funded... Uh-huh. Yeah, they're being funded by three different groups, and each, and some of them have more clout in other divisions than others. Like, one of them is the Church is the church of Soul, the other is the, uh... The other is, like, this big, like, uh, business conglomerate, and I forget what the third one, like, funding them is. But, it basically... The way, like, whoever is funding them, that, that specific division the most is the one that is essentially calling the shots for that division. So, anyway, we get to find out a little bit about Princess Ibana this episode. Yeah, she sucks? Yeah, she's oh, terrible. Oh, man. Uh, art director, guy who, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but the guy who makes Soul Eater does such a good job making creepy faces. <laughs> I yeah somebody on uh, somebody on Kitsu basically said that uh, it's like oh man this show is so delightfully edgy and I'm like well you know this was made by the creator of Soul Eater so it just kind of has yeah. that appeal uh the the princess yeah she when she was like stabbing the infernal repeatedly yeah, and like so stepping on his neck like wonderfully sadistic I <laughs> I love her character uh yeah I hate I mean, her as a person but I love her character oh yeah she's absolutely entertaining a to reprehensible watch. human being like I I adored watching her she's a lot of fun but she's the absolute mm-hmm. worst like and it just kind of makes me wonder like a little bit because it was shown here that she was a sister before so she clearly. So she clearly had, like, some kind of faith in God or something like that. But something caused her to, I think, lose that faith. Or... Probably losing somebody. I'm almost suspecting she's the one who started the fire at this point. Yeah. Uh, like, just... You mean the one at the... You mean the one at the church? Yeah. The original one. The one that burned down the church yeah, and all the Yeah, which... That sisters. was a really interesting uh, way they kind of did that. Like, it was counting down with the photograph, which you think... Which I was thinking, oh, wait, this is a lot more sinister. And mm-hmm. then it's like, sure enough, the camera exploded. I think I saw a point where uh, the princess was, like, smiling mm-hmm. before that happened. So I'm very suspicious. It's either that or she... That was the event that caused her to snap. Maybe. Like, I'm I'm curious about that. Like, and she basically pointed out, like, there's no such thing as God in this world, only demons like me, mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, kind of, uh, kind, kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, a character from Sarazan Mai. Only the bad people are the ones that survive oh, in yeah. this world. Yeah. Which, it seems like she's kind of a, adopted that sort of social Darwinistic, mm-hmm. the, the survival of the fittest kind of deal. There, there's a, a kind of interesting bit of her character... When she she burns up uh, the sister's robes. Yeah. Uh, and then she, like, throws her her coat. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still some kind of deep affection there. Yeah, fami- some kind of familial attachment, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could also just write it off, obviously, as, you know, you know like having sex with a hooker and you throw her a towel and you like, clean yourself up oh, like that kind of thing not yeah. not sexually here but yeah. like that kind of that yeah kinda, no, like, i get you. dismissive attitude but uh eh, I, I feel like she still kind of cares for the the sister deep down. yeah i i think so like i for i forget her name by the way the um, the other sister i just the, keep calling her sister yeah for now. <laughs> i think that's just what they call her more often yeah that, that's that's definitely what um Shinra. Shinra calls her, yeah. Yeah, Shinra calls her sister. Um, so, 
we got to see like a couple like uh instances of power here first off let's get the kind of goofy one out of the way damn it arthur oh my god i that whole sequence so it it was funny kind of yeah it would have been a lot more funny if it wasn't six minutes of the episode yeah because he was just sitting there getting his ass beat and he's like huh oh yeah i'm right-handed okay and then i'm gonna beat the bad guy in one hit it's like all right that's a gag that's that kind of overstated yeah, welcome, you th- think. those are the kind of gags that should be like a minute long at max yeah also they treated it way too seriously in the uh, beginning i think yeah. getting beat up yeah which i guess you could argue that the whole kind of anticlimactic thing about it is what makes it funny it's but and it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh, of the princess bride i told you this a little bit after the uh after we watched the episode like the i'm not really left-handed i'm not really left-handed he switches hands well the joke's on you i'm not left-handed either (laughs) or it kind of reminds me of even better example of inferno cop the uh i'm immune to your bullets so am i no yeah but the the thing is those jokes were over very quickly yeah this was this was a very much long version of that yeah i agree (laughs) but uh i want to talk about uh hinawa yeah lieutenant um so I thought whenever they when he shot Shinra in the beginning of the episode, he shot him in the leg. He's like, ah, oh, wow, that was a really clever way to I think reveal his powers. Yeah, uh, how he can just control he 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 focuses his control on like the explosion and bullets and yeah and had him in, um and I thought that was the extent of it until he just fucking fires randomly uh over into uh the where the guy was hiding the guy with the explosive bubbles yeah. yeah and then he reveals not not only does he control the velocity of the bullets but uh. Being that he's a second generation pyrokinetic, he can only control flames that are created. Yeah. So he uses the sparks off of bullets hitting something to make another fire. And, and just go And launch the bullets a different way. And it is not entirely realistic or makes sense, but it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a less cheaty version of Accelerator, I think, and his and his, re- and his yeah. uh, vector control. I feel like it makes just enough sense. Yeah, exactly. To, to be really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, obviously this is fantasy, so suspend a little disbelief, but it, that was just absolutely mm-hmm. freaking cool, and he's probably my favorite character at this point. I like how everyone, except uh, the captain, is fucking terrified of him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because, like, he's able to... I liked how uh, it's like, wait, was that a real gun? Yeah, that was 100% a real gun. I just was able to... He basically goes into that little spiel saying, like, yeah, I can create non-lethal force with the bullets. Oh, the the whole sequence of him just tearing through the crowd of people, just fucking blasting them up with a <laughs> machine gun. Yeah, and then, uh, like, and then, like, stepping on a guy's, like, chest and then just putting... Oh, yeah, the, the execution boom. shot, but it just knocks him out. <laughs> Uh, that was such. A, that was probably my favorite sequence. Oh of the god, it was so good. I I absolutely adored this series. Like this series, this episode mm-hmm. is. I'm just curious. Like it seems like we're kind of through like Joker, like Joker and that hidden organization off to the wayside for now. I hope we revisit that eventually. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, there, this is the 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 shonen trope of you know this is the first team battle when they all raid a base and they all have to fight their own individual fights. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Shinra is fighting the main boss. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm sure he'll win. Yeah, because I've got the power of anime on yeah. my side, bitch. So next up on our list, Fruits Basket. This was one of the series' weaker episodes, unfortunately. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of an emotional dud. Comedy was good. The comedy was good, um... Like, and Toru's speech at the end was really, really good. I 
I loved it, actually. I mean, Toru just has a really good way of, uh, a good way with words, I think, and has a lot of relatable emotions. And the way, certainly the direction of the scene kind of played into it. Like, when she was talking about having, like, people maybe losing a way to a lit, or a reason to live, and then it cutting to her mom, that was, that was hard to watch, actually, because, right? like, the idea that, uh, the idea that her mom was a reason to live and she'd lost that and is now constantly struggling to find one that's that's some pretty heavy shit to be honest i had trouble i I think settling myself into an emotional state to to really feel that because when um she she chen uh reach out yeah um monkey yeah person when they're up on the roof uh, nobody took it seriously they all had just you know like flat faces on they're like oh yeah this again pretty much yeah the whole spiel uh it 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 was a little difficult for me to care too much about it because it felt like a comedy situation. Yeah, I will agree. I will agree that the words Tor spoke were were kind of touching. Yeah, but I never really felt touched. Yeah, no, I I can see that. Like this, certainly, like it was kind of hard to. Uh... It was kind of hard to get into, like, an emotional situation when you've got two characters who are constantly screaming the whole time. So, Yui said, God, this episode is making me nervous. Oh, yeah, just listening to him just fucking apologize about everything and scream all the time. I'm, I'm like, is this what it's like to have constant anxiety? Like, Jesus Watching Christ. Watching this ellipsis. Like, and it's like, I have to deal with anxiety. Never anything that bad. Fucking hell, man. Uh, so, so, first, we gotta talk about the whole... It's a guy. Thing. Yeah. I like in, in the beginning of the episode, uh Tori was like, Oh, you're such a pretty girl. Oh, it's yeah. another girl and I'm like, Okay. It's like, like the voice was already kind of a giveaway. Yeah, and I like, am I the only one who hears that and thinks that in the English dub that should be Justin Brunner? Like if, Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, see right? It, yeah. The kind of like overly the kind of overly awkward, really incredibly nervous person. Yeah, I could see it, but uh Anyway, yeah, that was pretty much a giveaway, and then I'm just, after they, she said that, I'm like, okay, that flag's been triggered. Yeah. And okay, then, and then three, she, two, yeah. one, boop! And they touch each other, and like, yep, obviously that's gonna it's happen. Like, oh, who would've thunk, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they, they definitely glossed over his quote-unquote tragic backstory really quickly. I, I'm assuming it probably wasn't as tragic as he thought it was. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm assuming his parents probably, you know, like, when it showed them apologizing, uh, like, how it really probably was, was the parents like, oh, hey, sorry about that. Sorry my kid knocked a ball over there. But from his perspective, it's just like, oh, God, yeah. I'm causing trouble for everyone. And, I mean, to be fair, people with anxiety tend to think, tend to really think like that. Like, this mm-hmm. is an exaggerated form of it, but it's not too far from the truth like thinking that you're a burden to your family and stuff like that thinking you're a burden to people around you so that in itself is relatable but at the same time yeah this character this character's backstory wasn't nearly as fleshed Mm -hmm. out i think and it was kind of like a it just felt more like an excuse to introduce yet another member of the soma clan it's uh the way i put this earlier is a harmless filler yeah harmless filler and i agree it was in an it was an innocuous uh, Mm -hmm. uh spending of time and I, it's not enough to like completely say, ugh, fruits basket. (laughs) Like, no. Take it away. Bring me another one. Yeah, take it. Like, this series, like, this is one of the weaker episodes. It is not a bad episode. Like, I didn't think so. But just for the, like, the precedent the series has set, it was kind of a weaker one myself, is what I personally think. Yeah. Not bad, just a little underwhelmed. See you next week.
Yeah, see you next week. <laughs> so next up is Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season. I am so happy for Sonazaki. I think she's my favorite character in this series. Sonazaki is Sonazaki the is the girl, right? Yeah, is the one with the glasses. Yeah. Is the one that wore the glasses. She's she the only cleans one up real good. Yeah. She, <laughs> I think that, I personally think that her bangs could probably use some work. Like, they just, I don't really like that straight cut of bangs, but myself. See, I'm the opposite. Mm. I, I, I love that hairstyle. Um, <laughs> Oh, actually, now that I think about it, that's kind of what Sawako from Kimi no Todoke has. So. Yeah, she has parents the same thing. Yeah, so it, I guess it kind of works. Uh, yeah, she... I think earlier on in the season, they... I think they intentionally made her look kind of homely. Yeah. Uh, just, like, with the big, thick glasses and that kind of, like, awkward hair part. Yeah, she exactly. Had going on. Probably just to accentuate, like, her transformation. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's that's a pretty old trope. Like, we've seen that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, you know, if we take, like, if we see the nerdy girl with really frizzy hair and glasses, if we just, you know, take those glasses off and put some contacts in and maybe straighten out that hair. Oh, my God, yeah. she's gorgeous. <laughs> uh, like, I got a bold prediction right now. Yeah. So, you know, the uh, the Gyaru girl. Yeah. The, the blonde girl. Um, I think she is a good person. You think so? Yeah, because... She's been, like, trying to communicate with uh, Sonazaki in, mm-hmm. like, a not... Uh, it, it, at least to me, it doesn't seem like a, hey, you're hot now, let's talk. Uh, it, it, it seems like she's genuinely trying to be nice. Yeah. But she's with that group of friends that's like that. Hmm, I... maybe. Like, it seems... like, I guess that's a possibility. I mean, with this show, like, they certainly like to throw out a, a few different ideas and tropes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so... I guess we'll see. I think it's kind of hilarious, like, when uh, they were talking about the, uh, oh, we need to uh, create a, uh, we need to create, like, a superstition, like, a like uh, for the school festival. Like, if you stand in the shadow of the, if you stand in the shadow of the person you like and tell them and say, go out with me while the fire is burning, like, that whole thing. And then just, like, saying, oh, the bonfire was canceled. Oh, fireworks are canceled because of, like, loot, like, some people might think it's lewd conduct. I almost guarantee that was Sonazaki. Who... Well, yeah, she's like, who could have done this? And she's <laughs> exactly. like, you rang? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely her. Yeah, like, I think I still think it was kind of funny, like, how they pulled that off. Like, it's... I think also that... Uh, how many, like, how many goddamn, like, uh, like, superstitions around campfires are there? Like, because this is like the... Because we saw that bonfires, yeah, bonfires. We saw that in quintessential quintuplets as it's well. A, it's, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming it's a Japanese culture thing. Yeah, like it also. There's also a scene like that in uh, the Trails of Cold Steel games, actually. So yeah. this, it's almost kind of confirmed. It's like, okay, this must be just kind of a superstition. But anyway, I like how her solution is just to get as many people to hook up as possible so that she can have yeah, a boyfriend and this, nobody will notice. I feel I, I feel bad for the guy here because he just wants, you know, like, he wants to be proud of, you know, being with her. And he wants to, as superficial it is, as it is, like, when, when, when you're in a relationship, uh, uh, okay, at least me, this is my personal uh, perspective. Yeah. When I'm in a relationship, I want to, like, you know, I want to show it off a little bit. You know, like, this is the person I'm with. Hey, you should also be friends with her, because I think she's cool. Like, like, that kind of thing. Like, it's not like a... I feel like it's not too vain to I want to say, do that. Like, no, I can understand. I can understand why it's uh, not so... Why it's... Why he would want that, and I can understand why you can feel bad for him. I also understand Sonazaki's perspective as well, because mm-hmm. she's been, like, somebody who has been 
ridicule who's been ridiculed ignored and all this other stuff for so long that she's just kind of doesn't really know how to go about it yeah she's almost afraid that people are going to make fun of her or still like and i'd say that's a totally relatable yeah they they definitely have both really strong cases for their feelings and i i like that sonazaki at least wants like she wants to be proud you can tell and like you can tell that she certainly wants to be because of how much effort she wants to put into making sure as many people hook up as possible i like her uh just if you want to hide a tree use a forest forest. exactly i i love that line from her she is a and that's probably what cemented her as my favorite character in the show for me so far i I think my one of my favorite bits in this episode was uh sugawara just like saying that yeah i'm she she actually has a little bit of resentment towards um kazusa kazusa uh, about you know for thinking uh, that she would be yeah you're just gonna steal him away uh but it's such a real uh like realistic response to that because she she admits that she has resentment but then immediately after that she says okay but i also still want to help her yeah like i think that uh, (laughs) i'm gonna make it worse well (laughs) in her words (laughs) i i think that to be fair, I think that that was actually a really good, uh, a really good like uh, moment of self reflection and self realization for Sugawara. She she realizes that it's a totally un, it's a completely unreasonable and unfair reaction to it. It's totally based on her personal mm-hmm. biases, and she admitted that one hundred percent. But at the same time, and but she wants to also use that so to show like to cause us a yeah. I want you to get together with Izumi because you're my friend. She does respect her and does want to help her out, even if she's kind of being, kind of going about it in a roundabout way. It's it's what it's the way she thinks is the best, the best way to make it work. Yeah, which it clearly isn't. Like just by making it worse, you're going to just give the girl a complex, which she's already having. She just stares at a Sugawara while she's taking a bath, and then passes out in the tub. <laughs> And then your boobs are so pretty. Yeah, I'm stupid and my boobs are yeah, stupid. Yeah, the, the fucking end card. Uh, yeah, I'm stupid and my boobs are stupid. Uh, I, I I love I love all these girls. Um, they're they're just I I want them all just to be happy. They all deserve happiness at this point. I personally think uh, Hongo is still a little un, is still a little bit uncomfortable for me yeah, just because of her story. The most uncomfortable. I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say it's the most uncomfortable topic because Sugawara had to deal with an actual pedophile, so Uh yeah. <laughs> Whereas the teacher is just kinda being shoved into this situation by Hongo. Yeah, I think it sort of reminds me of the uh of the police song uh, Don't Stand So Close to Me, because it's it, that's exactly yeah. what the song's about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like and I think like he I don't think, at the end of the day, he has any, like, feelings for her other than wanting to be... Yet! I hope it doesn't go into romantic <laughs> feelings. I I would be much happier if it was, like, a kind of a mentor-mentee relationship still at the end of the day. And Hongo... And Hongo kind of gets over her sort of infatuation with it. Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, she just wants... I think at the end of the day, she just wants experience so she can yeah. be a better writer. Yeah, she exactly. wants to understand it. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's unfortunate, though, that uh, she thinks the only way to gain experience is by essentially forcing herself on her teacher. It's really uncomfortable. So last up on our list is Vinland Saga, a.k.a. the slow burn of the season. 
Uh, slow burn in the best way possible. I, uh, I th- that is not a yeah. that is not a discredit. Like Th- this uh, this episode definitely continues the fashion of like feeling like a movie. Yeah. It, it, uh, specifically, it feels like I'm watching like a western movie. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Sort of it because it does kind of capture that sort of uh, old or west or like feel. A, it feels like I'm watching like an HBO series, like Game yeah. of Thrones or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, it just kind of uh, like just seeing like Thorfinn, like you really feel bad for Thorfinn this episode because mm-hmm. like you just see like how much he's struggling, how much he's actually hurting, like and just starving and like starving, like beating himself on scraps like when everyone is gone stuff like that and it's so damn triumphant when yeah. he finally stabs that wolf for the first time it's it's interesting to think that Askeladd is the one who gave him the advice that kind of uh sparked that in his mind Askeladd is fascinating i think Askeladd is doing is essentially being a sort of mentor to thorfinn because of his respect for thor's yeah like he's he's kind of respecting thor's last wishes of keeping his son alive yeah exactly and he's and so yeah Askeladd is a fascinating character and it's like i think it's interesting like uh like the amount of respect that not only has for thor's but he kind of has a little bit of respect for thorfinn at the end there because when he legitimately (laughs) sees because when he legitimately sees like he had how much he's been trying to improve and how much he actually did improve by almost catching him off guard yeah i I think in that moment if Askeladd wouldn't have you know deflected the dagger probably would have gone into his head yeah and killed him so he was put in a situation where had he not reacted in time thor thorfinn would have actually killed him yeah one in the duel so so he's, he's thinking all right well you're just I'll, a, I'll keep him around you're still a dumb kid but you're mm. still a dumb kid but uh if you get stronger and prove yourself on the battlefield i'll check i'll reward you with a duel someday it it's and that's the way he phrases it too not verbatim but that's pretty much how mm-hmm. he phrases it basically trying to give him an incentive to keep moving forward like and survive and get stronger it's it's fascinating like he basically it is like a sort of honorable way among it like the the old saying there's no honor among thieves well Asclad is clearly a thief with some degree of honor and a scumbag he is a scumbag he's a uh, a terrible human being, you know, as evidence of the raping and pillaging. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, I, I cannot stress enough that I don't respect him. Uh, I don't respect his choices. Mm-mm. But I, it's like I said earlier, I think he's fascinating. Character. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a fascinating uh, character. B- because there's, there's a number of motivations I think he has for keeping Thorfinn alive. Uh, one being, obviously, honoring Thor's as yeah. a great warrior he is. Two, uh almost like cultivating a warrior exactly. to give him that thrill of battle. Because as we saw, when he fought um, Thor's, he mm-hmm. was having just a crazy good time in the actual fight itself. And he believe, and yeah, he believes 100% that it's like, well, the blood of the troll of Yom is in his veins, so it only makes sense. It only makes sense that he'll be a strong mm-hmm. warrior too someday. And it's kind of interesting seeing like Thorfinn slowly figuring out his style here. Like uh, when he was trying to swing around a sword and he just couldn't do it. And then eventually it's just like, okay, I'm going to use this dagger on this wolf here. And then him realizing how much better the dagger is suited for him. Yeah, and we, we've seen in the OP, obviously, that he uses uh, two daggers yeah. to fight, which I'm sure will look incredible once he yeah. grows up. Yeah, because it's all because it's Studio Wit and Dual Blade and Dual Blade wielding characters. So. Oh yeah, okay, attack on that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. I imagine 100. percent That's so, where they're going to. So go I here. predicted last week this episode that this episode would be the time skip episode or uh, the time progression episode. 
uh, I was wrong. But I'm predicting again that the next episode will be the time progression episode. Like, because I think we're still going, I think for a little bit we're going to see, uh, like, Kid, Kid Thorfinn, maybe for, I mean, obviously for this episode and mm. maybe a little bit for next episode. It might even just be the first 12 episodes as uh, Kid, Kid Thorfinn. Thorfinn. And maybe, maybe like, uh, three more episodes here as Kid Thorfinn and then three more episodes as sort of like, a like, young teen Thorfinn. Yeah. And then, uh. And then the last half of the season as adult Thorfinn, which that'd be cool. Yeah, I think actually now that I think about it, that I, I'd prefer that. Mm-hmm. Because um, when the opening uh, started up, I, I was thinking that I, I was worried a little bit that the age progression was going to go too fast. Yeah. And they weren't going to give enough time for character development as Thorfinn was growing up. So let's say they have like a, a years or uh, like a, a year or a month or so like skip every now and then mm-hmm. through the next seven episodes so we were this was episode five yeah uh i think that would be a really good way to handle it absolutely i i agree with that i uh i think that thorfinn is a is i mean he's not his motivations aren't particularly like fleshed out or anything he's pretty he's a pretty simple character it's just i want to kill the man who killed my dad sort of deal mm-hmm. Which the revenge story it is, which you know it's a, it's still a relatable and kind of visceral story. Just seeing like how he struggles and stuff is what's fascinating about him, I think. And uh, I think, and but also just kind of seeing like how much of an impact Thor's had on the village. Like when we cut back to it and seeing oh, Yelva, yeah, as soon as she was working super yeah. hard every day, just getting just throwing herself into the work, I I knew like as soon as she stopped working, she's gonna break down. And that's and exactly crying. what she did do. Yeah. Like that was that that's was such a real reaction. Yeah, like, that's what people do a lot of like, the time. When they they, they want to keep themselves busy. They want to yeah. keep their minds off of it. They do everything they can to distract themselves. But then uh, the mom like saw right away what was going on and basically like stop, just just stop for a little bit and go to sleep, get some mm-hmm. rest. And then she actually stopped, like takes the uh, takes the thing out of her hand almost effortlessly after she's uh, I'm not even tired. But then like that, she just kind of. Yeah. gave it up uh, all the, the all the shielding she'd build up just kind of goes away yeah that was i i thought that was a really good sequence it was sort of an it was a good brief non sequitur into like like kind of showing meanwhile this is going on mm-hmm. i i really like meanwhile this series. back at the fatherless ranch yeah exactly <laughs> yeah this series is kind of uh some people have said have said that this is basically berserk but with vikings and that's not entirely wrong Isn't because berserk a lot darker though um like dark fantasy yeah i've never read or seen berserk okay well and... everything i've seen from berserk though is incredibly violent and bloody well yeah and <laughs> i and maybe the manga's and maybe the manga of this is bloodier like i maybe. don't know like i don't know but basically no, with, with with studio it's never really Backed off on the, on the blood and gore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess we haven't had a lot. We haven't had a lot of like ridiculous blood and gore mm-hmm. yet. Like we've seen like some stuff, like Thor's breaking a dude's arm and shit. Uh, well, it was really brutal when Thor's got shot by like ten arrows. Yeah, but he was still standing. Yeah, but still, like when he gets shot, you can see his body like twitch and move every time. Yeah, so that's, it really that's true. My uh, my point is no though, like guts open. Yeah, like, like my point was is that uh, Berserk did a thing for a while where they showed 
a little bit of the main character guts as a child, and then they showed him as sort of like a teenager when he first joined the uh, the band of the Hawk with Griffith. The uh, mm. and then they fast forward, and then they showed a few missions of him as teenage guts, but then a little while later they showed it as adult guts, and that's where they progressed most of the story from that point forward. It seems like. They are following a similar kind of format here, which I'm totally okay with because Berserk's one of my favorite series. I need to catch up on reading it. I haven't read manga in a long damn time. <laughs> and Berserk is definitely one of the only series that I think I would bother to catch up with. But anyway, the series has been great. So uh, that's going to do it for week six of summer 2019. Got any... Uh important closing notes you want to touch on really quick uh yeah remember to uh remember to just uh if you want to catch see more of our stuff just remember to subscribe remember to uh we we update pretty regularly on kitsu i try to update anytime i watch something uh so go and follow us on there um, you know you've been watching uh like kimina Todake? uh yes i have been how, uh, much, how much have you watched that so far i have watched the entire first season which is 25 episodes Jeez. and I, the next season, the next season is only, uh, is only 12, so I'll probably be able to finish that in a few days, maybe. And then, my next, uh, my next project is finally getting around to watching Saga of Tanya the Evil. Yeah, it's on my list, too. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it dubbed, obviously, because, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, um, Monica Real. Yeah, yeah Monica Real. Amazing voice actors. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, if you have any uh, opinions on the shows we talked about this week, any shows you think we should be watching... Go ahead and let us know in the comments below. If you're listening to this on a, a, a different podcast system, uh, go to you can go to our Twitter or, mm-hmm. or just go to YouTube uh, and or go to Patreon and send us hundred dollars. We we don't we have don't a have Patreon, Patreon. <laughs> uh, so but just send us hundred dollars. Mail, <laughs> mail us hundred dollars. Um, I'll, I'll put uh, someone's address <laughs> in the link below. I'm not gonna do that. I feel like I, I feel like chances are I'd put in like some weirdo rapist's address. Oh God, and, yeah. And something terrible would happen in the situation, and then I'd go to jail, and and uh, I, you know, I got bills to pay. I don't have time to go to jail. <laughs> so uh, thanks so, for thanks for tuning in. There is one more thing I actually do what? want to say. Um, what, what Jojo. We, we still have yet to um, uh, talk about the season finale of JoJo. <gasps> what What is that What is that reaction uh, for? It's, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. We, we, yeah, we've been uh, getting that ready. Uh, probably going to be putting it out uh, in a week. Yeah, so. the, um, we have a lot of stuff to say about yeah. it. That's, that deserves its own episode. We've brought it up before, so mm-hmm. look forward to that. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of the Times and Anime Podcast. Till next time, everybody. Take care of yourselves. <laughs>